Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Give Me the Creeps with Abby and Daniela. Hello, hello. Oh, fuck. What? <laughs> I'm trying to move my shit back, and oh. I plugged in stuff around other stuff, so now I'm trapped. <laughs> I'm trapped like a rat. Okay. <laughs> Dude, oh my god. Okay, so future a future episode is going to happen from me about um haunted like rural places, like ranches. Ooh. I was going to do that this week, but I couldn't I I like all the people that I had the stories from like couldn't get back to me in time for today. Mm-hmm. So um, I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to ask on Reddit. <laughs> it was a fucking fiasco. What do you mean? Okay. So it's a, it was a question about like ranching or like rural places. Right. And what, mm-hmm. a, oh, you might want to take this part out, but I got to say it. What kind of people live in those places? Yes. Republicans and supporters. And who? The Trump supporters. Because I feel like Trump supporters are like a different breed of Republican. But anyways. Yes. Okay. So I asked the question and of course... Um, the first fucking like, and and then it's a bunch of like older people that I or mm-hmm. not even old people like it could be like someone my age and they just talk this way. But mm-hmm. one of the first, <laughs> one of the first fucking comments that I got was because I asked um. It, like uh, if I was just curious if anyone working or living on a ranch or in a rural area had any encounters of the creepy or paranormal kind. The first one I got was this man that said, absolutely. When we used to ranch near the border in remote Southwest Texas from about October until May, alien sightings were a common occurrence. It's pretty spooky to look up and have eight or nine of them standing there watching you without saying a word or wake up and have someone looking in the window. And I was, like, at first I was, like, kind of excited, and then I realized they were fucking talking about illegals. Yeah. And I was, like, what is happening? Mm. And then I didn't respond. I was just, like, I don't have anything to say to you. (laughs) Well, then I got another one, and this one was, like, like an old man was talking to me. (laughs) (laughs) when it said i think our place exists in a time warp an unexplainable bubble in time space or in space time one time the county said they would hook up the power in one month but from our perspective inside the warp it took a year and a half spooky i'm like (laughs) (laughs) interesting i was like you literally just had to be a smart ass and tell me that the county took too long to fucking turn on your fucking power. Jeez. 
And they, and at the end, they were like, I have more unexplained anomalies if you want. And someone else commented and they were like, yeah, we want them. He just told other stories that were similar to that. Like Mm -hmm. things that weren't done that his area just did. I was just like, this is an old man. It has to be. (laughs) (laughs) Bitter. Yeah. I was like, you had to take it out on my thread, really? On the post. Exactly. What the heck? Like this is serious business. I was like legit, but I I did you good with. Yeah, and I did get some um, really good uh, responses, but it wasn't a whole lot. But either way, I'm gonna use some of them for whenever I do do that in the future when I've accumulated more stories. Excellent. But I just wanted to say my fucking mm-hmm. little encounter with Reddit. That was the first time – that was the first post that I've ever made. Oh, I was going to ask you if you'd done it before. Yeah, so I was very nervous. I was, like, extremely nervous. Like, Because <laughs> people just, like, are mean or what? Yeah, people are fucking crazy. And then I also – I don't know. Like, I didn't – like those responses that I got from like that old man, like what am I supposed to say to that? Like, haha. <laughs> <laughs> LOL. And then the the illegal one, like, what am I like? What the fuck? So, mm-hmm. and then I was in a subreddit that was dedicated to ranching, so I was extremely outnumbered if I were to have said anything. You know what I mean? Right. Oh, okay. I see. So I was like, uh, I was scared. I think that's what the word all is. On that I was app. I was scared. I felt like they were going to dox you and expose you on there. (laughs) (laughs) It gets out of hand like immediately. Yeah, I was very nervous. (laughs) But you were brave. Yes. I (laughs) held my breath when I posted that shit and it it turned out away. Oh my God. (laughs) All right. So this week. I'm going to do the haunted Middle East. (gasps) I don't think I've heard many people do this. I haven't. I have not. Not a single one on my end. All right. Well, then here we go. Before we begin, I just want to clarify what uh countries are in the middle east because i'm sure most people are just thinking like afghanistan Mm. and i will admit that i thought i knew what the fuck the map looked like in that area but i was completely Mm. wrong (laughs) um so the middle east consists of 18 countries and it actually does not include Afghanistan and like Pakistan and stuff unless mm-hmm. you're talking about the greater Middle East. And then that's whenever you include mm-hmm. those two. Um, uh, but yeah, so there's a bunch of places. I was going to say them all, but should I? Bosnia, I Syria. No, I don't know. No, it's. Kajistan. I don't know how to say. Kajistan, or how do you say it? Kajistan. Search the K. 
<laughs> to wait? Mm-mm. I, there's, I swear I there's I a place called Kajistan. It has like a K-A-J and then a, I don't remember. But I used to okay, love well, geography. That's not in here. <gasps> Gasp. It's not. How dare you? It's not in there. It, yeah, okay. I was going to say them all. I probably should, shouldn't I? Yes, give us a little lesson. Okay, well, I'm going to have to figure out how to... Um, or a general region. I guess you could give a few examples. The okay. parameters of the from what end to what end. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. Let me <laughs> bring up... So... Oh, okay. I just... <laughs> My shit is just all over the place today. I thought I was prepared this morning, and then <laughs> everything just comes crumbling down. Okay. Oh, and of course, the image is fucking microscopic. <laughs> takes 20 years to fucking load. Okay, so some of the countries, some of the ones that I know how to say is... Or I guess the farthest it goes, like it is Egypt, which is part of Africa, but that's the farthest into Africa it goes. Mm-hmm. And oh, and Somalia too, I forgot, but that's like at the bottom of the okay, but anyways. Mm-hmm. So Egypt, Iran, Iraq, Israel, Jordan, Kuwait, Lebanon, Palestine, Qatar. Saudi Arabia, Syria, Turkey, Yemen, and then if you include Afghanistan and Pakistan and Sudan and Somalia, and man, I really- And Kazakhstan. I'm so upset. Kazakhstan? Is that what you said? Yes. It's right there. I'm looking at it. It's included. It's above- it's above. It's a, It's on the northern. I'm stuck northern. on that country. It just disappeared as I was gonna tell you where it was, but Whoa. it's above Afghanistan and Pakistan. Turkmenistan. It's above oh, that, and then it it's Kyrgyz. Just says Soviet Union. <laughs> well, I just wanted to be in the ballpark, so I had to make sure. Well, it doesn't even include those from what I read. Well. That's weird. Yeah, like, I don't know why how they're going to include Somalia and Egypt, but not Sudan and Ethiopia. Hmm. So, yeah. But that's, this is the Middle East. Now that we've gone through that. Mm-hmm. Oh, Sudan is part of it. Whoops. <laughs> Ethiopia is not. Though. We failed. We, we got held back. Okay. Yep. I just failed uh, geography. It's okay. <laughs> All right. We're off to a great start. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Most of what I've got is from son of a bitch, dude. I didn't even write that shit down. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. Yes, I did. Okay. <laughs> Dogs cry, <laughs> and the dogs start to cry. God damn it! <laughs> That's funny. 
somewhere. Oh, God damn it. Hold on. I got to go see what the fuck's wrong with these dogs. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> They're praying for you. Okay. Apple gets stuck under the fucking chair in the living room because she thinks she still fits under it. Oh, my goodness. That's so funny. So I just threw them outside. <laughs> okay. Most of this I got from mysteriousuniverse.org, which is a really cool fucking site. Hmm. Um, but here we go. So <clears throat> the Middle East is a land of rich traditions and deep culture going back millennia. Here is a place long considered to be one of the cradles of civilization itself and which harbors a history steeped in the strange and the spiritual. It should perhaps not be so surprising at all that this region of the world should hold many unexplained mysteries and tales of the paranormal, and indeed it does. Today, I'm going to tell you of some experiences by those who have made their way through this land of myth and legend to come back with stories that defy all rational explanation. Um, of course, there are a lot of paranormal encounters in the Middle East that were experienced by soldiers and servicemen. So there's going to be several now. According to villagers of the isolated wilderness region and the Kurdish military, people were being stalked and hunted by a beast known locally as the ghoul which was described as being a very tall humanoid creature with disproportionately large arms and legs and which purportedly had a taste for human flesh. The witness was ordered to the area for an in-depth investigation accompanied by an infantry squad and to this point it was thought that the bizarre story perhaps came down to a crazed soldier who had gone AWOL and was going around killing people. It was thought that they may be basically dealing with a serial killer, a man who had perhaps snapped and gone mad from the stresses of war. Yet, after several days of surveillance and searching, they had come up with no trace of who or what could be behind the strange activity. They began to suspect that this was all just spooky stories and nerves, but villagers were adamant that something was hunting them and killing them, to the point that many were afraid to leave their homes even in the daytime. Then things took a turn for the weird. Abby, are you intentionally on mute? Yeah, because Hunter's like in a meeting or something. Oh, okay. I was like, uh, I don't know if she knows. <laughs> Yes. Okay. Good call, though, because sometimes I don't. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, she's talking. <laughs> According to the witness, one evening he was going over some reports with the squad leader when they reported hearing a shrill, unearthly scream echo through the air outside, which seemed to come from the direction of a nearby mountain pass. When they went outside to investigate, some of the villagers were hurrying to their homes for safety, and they claimed that this was a scream of the very thing that had been terrorizing them. The armed soldiers mobilized and decided to head into the pass to investigate the eerie otherworldly scream. 
and whatever it was howled again several times, standing every standing everyone's hair on end. It was an alarming, blood-curdling sound unlike anything any of them had ever heard before. Like no animal known to live in the area, and these heavily armed men were actually scared of what they might find out there in the dark. Slowly and warily, they fanned out into the dark past to conduct a search, and the witness would describe what happened what happened after. Within the hour, the squad and I were slowly entering the pass. It was night, but the moon was very bright, so we were able to see around a bit. We searched the entire area for several hours using night vision and high-intensity lights. We found nothing, not a footprint or remnant from any creature fitting the description. I have always wondered what we heard that night. I've asked a few learned people for their opinion, but this, but with little satisfaction. There were many strange instances in Iraq that just never made the light of day. I heard of some, but I'm positive most were just filed away. So here's another story from a military witness who tells of a tale his superior officer had to tell after being deployed in the region. He said he was in... He was in the spooky, vague Middle East when there was a commotion from the soldiers watching the perimeter. Apparently, they could see a man about 100 yards away from the camp. He had appeared out of nowhere. No one saw him walking up. The man was just standing there and not doing anything threatening. But since it was a strange man in a war zone, they broke out all the high-tech gear to see what was going on. They could see his face, his clothes, his height, and he looked bizarrely distorted and was not giving off the heat signature. Oh, they have infrared gym jams and whatnot. It's not the freaking, or it's the freaking military and not a piddling ghost hunting troop here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He was not the temperature of a human being. He was the temperature of the air around him. They had no idea what was going on and people were freaking out. They called different people to come up or to come look at the man. It wasn't just a few soldiers who saw this. Dozens of people came to look and everyone confirmed that it was definitely a person. Eventually, they decided to send out a team to check this guy out. When they got about 50 yards away, the man started walking. Only it didn't look like he was walking towards or away from them. Only walking in place. Oh, my God. Mm -mm, That's so creepy. They froze, expecting an attack, but the man never got any closer. It looked like he was trying to walk, but instead of moving like a regular person, its bones were breaking and splintering backwards and forwards at the joints. (laughs) Oh, my God. Terrifying. This. Oh, no. This reminds me of. Yep. The railroad tracks. It does. No. I remembered, too. Oh, my God. Terrifying. Tell me. Uh, uh, it continues. Uh, I can't think of a better way to describe it. Its head was jerking around like a puppet. When the convoy got a few yards closer, it disappeared entirely. The team hauled ass back to camp, and as soon as they returned, the man thing reappeared in its spot. Everyone took turns watching it for an hour or so until it disappeared for good. It didn't walk away, didn't fly or melt or explode. Just stood there for a long time, then vanished. Mm. That is scary. Yeah. 
At least other people saw it too, so you don't feel like you lost your mind. Yeah, but that's creepy that they saw it in the fucking Middle East, and it was a man, and I saw a woman. Interesting. And I saw Oh, you think it was the same thing, whatever it was? It was a ghoul, or whatever the fuck they said. Yeah. So what you saw, you think, is the same thing as that? It might be, because that mine just vanished too. Ooh. And it was in place. Oh, And like floating kind of like above the ground. Yeah, Ooh. I don't, I don't know, dude. It was. Uh, Might be then. They can go anywhere. <laughs> there's, oh, it's scary. Uh, well, there's a lot of these fucking stories, but um, another similar story starts off with one night an American soldier and a squad mate had set up a position to secure a site at around 2 a.m., at which time only he and the forward gunner were awake. After setting up the position, they sat in the quiet night, scanning the darkness for any activity. When the tiredness and monotony of the scene crept up on them, crept up on them to threaten to make them fall asleep. However, they were jolted awake when something bizarre stepped out of the night. Out of the shadows, about 75 yards away from their position, crept what appeared to be a very tall man, and the startled soldiers put on their night vision goggles to identify this potential enemy. Whatever the figure was appear whatever the figure was appeared to be human. And they were wandering wait fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and they were wondering whether to open fire or not when it reportedly turned its head towards them and peered at them with eyes so bright that they hurt the soldiers' eyes and caused their night vision goggles to malfunction. Mm. The witness would say of the rest of the encounter. Then the thing turned and looked right at me with eyes so bright my night vision started to burn out, meaning it was so bright that it was burning the system. Unusually done, or fuck, usually done only by really fucking bright light or shit like the it's sun. a laser. Ooh. So that freaked me out, and I pulled my NVGs, which is night vision equipment, off, and the eyes were still like neon red blood. Blood red and bright as the sun. So this so this freaks me out and I pull my machine gun over and train the thermal optic onto it. And those eyes were so hot it started to burn out that optic. The same concept as before, but you but with you know heat. <laughs> but his body was so cold he stood out from the background, which is really weird. I slowly loaded it, and then the eyes moved like he cocked his head at me and turned and walked off and was gone. Ooh, that reminds me mm. of, what is that movie? Um, what, 40 Days of Night with Josh Hartnett? Yes. Okay. The vampire thing, like, cocks his I'm head. I'm rusty on it, but yes. You've never I'm, seen it? I don't remember. I, feel, I remember bits and pieces, but I don't think I've, like, actually sat and watched it all. Holy shit, that's a great movie. Vampires, right? Yes. Oui. Um. Okay. I didn't say a word of this while we were there or to anyone in the army since we've gotten back. Bitch, why would you not say that? I wouldn't yeah, even. no. I wouldn't hesitate. I would have been like, that is fucking Terminator right there. Like. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't you think that people should know? Because what if it's a freaking threat? Yeah. Like, what if it's actual, making like, their robot shit malfunction. Like, Right. It's making their stuff mess up, so. Yeah, exactly. Hello. Like, that should not be happening. They're fired. 
<laughs> Keeping secrets, fired. Keeping <laughs> secrets. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, from Iraq comes another bizarre account given by a witness who says he spent a total of 28 months deployed with the army on and off in the country between the years 2005 and 2009. This strange encounter would happen in the summer of 2006. In the late summer of 2006, my unit was moved from Mosul to Sinjar, which, as some of you may know, it's the home of the recently persecuted Yazidi tribe. I'm not sure when this story was submitted, so it might not be recent. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were an awesome bunch of people with more compassion than I was accustomed to seeing over there. They also had a unique set of beliefs and held Mount Sinjar as a holy site. Mount Sinjar just so happened to be the tallest terrain feature around, so it was also the best site for communications retransmission station. <clears throat> With a retrans station, some oh, with a retrans station come retrans security, and that is where the weird begins. I was on duty with another soldier pulling security on top of the mountain, basically watching avenues of advance avenues of advance to make sure no one got the drop on the commo guys. Wow, all this jargon. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. Around 3 a.m., we saw very clearly in our NVGs, which is night vision gear, uh, we saw very clearly in our NVGs a person approaching us from the base of the mountain just walking up this goat trail. Not knowing if it was a Yazeti or someone else, we radioed it in and kept eyes on him. See, he radioed it in. See, uh-huh. Due diligence. At this point, I removed my night vision to give my eyes a break and looked down the hill, and there was no one there. Hmm. My battle buddy confirmed he still had eyes on it, but even with good illumination and the fact that the figure was only about 150 meters away, I couldn't see him. Weirded out, Hmm. I looked through the thermal sight and couldn't see him either. I put my MVGs back on, and there he was, 100 meters out, just watching. Hmm. what the fuck Mm-mm. what yeah no <laughs> that is scary why I'd be like what do you want <laughs> and why can't I see you through my yeah fancy- dude I would have been <laughs> it reminds me of uh, is it Danny Phantom <laughs> really can only, can, what, which one is it that you can only see them through like certain things I have no idea. It might be that one. Through certain... You In have his to ghost have, form or whatever? His phantom form? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> My brother loved that show. I used to love it, too. Okay. Um, okay, so all of these encounters with these men that just pop up out of nowhere and have blood red eyes and shit mm. and have no heat signature, what do you think that could be? It might be time travelers. <gasps> okay, that's a good one. But if it's not that, then it might just be their version of like a cryptid or whatever, of like a like a phantom, like how you described it. Mm-hmm. They just go under the sand or something. They Ooh, don't need to live anywhere. That's a good one. 
Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, <clears throat> what if they were vampires? I could see that too. So there's a whole fucking thing I'm about to read. So, um, God damn it, dogs. <laughs> Just going to let them chill for a moment. Mm-hmm. Okay. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <clears throat> Please ignore the fucking barking ass animals back there. <laughs> There's probably a cat taunting the shit out of them right now. They're just doing their job back there. <sighs> they sure are. <laughs> Manning the fort. Mm-hmm. Okay, so these strange encounters with humanoid beings could be a lot of things, but according to some far-out reports, they may be actual real vampires. As outrageous as this may sound, one investigator, reporter, and a former U.S. Marine named Tim King, who spent months in the Afghanistan combat theater, covered a variety of military operations. Excuse me. Of military operations for SalemNews.com and Oregon's KPTV Fox 12. In... Where am I going? Okay. Uh, He wrote of just such a thing in a 2007 article for Salem News entitled Vampires in Afghanistan. Soldiers say it's true. According to King, during his travels, he met an American soldier at the Bagram Airfield in Afghanistan who would tell him a bizarre tale indeed. The soldier asked King if he knew about the vampire problem in the area, something the reporter had not once heard of in his entire life or entire time in the country. Intrigued, King asked for more information on what the soldier was talking about, who obliged by claiming that the vampires were said to to live deep in the desert, that they were quite a bit taller than normal humans, and that they were frequently women. He claimed the people of the area had known about these sinister creatures for centuries, that they came out in the dark and stalked the desert badlands and mountains at night looking for victims, and that they were indeed often thought to be responsible for people going missing without a trace. The soldier would tell King, they are really terrified of them. It scares people half to death if they just think one is around. They come out at night. Sometimes people come up missing, especially kids. They even pull their animals inside when the vampires are out. It's been going on for hundreds of years here. People in other parts of the world don't even know about it. But anyone who has lived around here does. The soldier also claimed the military forces operating in the region were also aware of the vampires. And that they had seen them on many occasions. Adding, guys are scared. You're damned right. They know that there isn't anyone there isn't a thing anyone can do about it if it's one of them deciding to come after you. You just stick with other people and hope for the best sometimes. Jesus. Mm. Okay, yeah. So what do you think of that? I I mean, I say yes. I mean, if I hadn't even – that didn't even occur to me, but that makes sense. If they say, like, vampires in Europe or Romania or whatever, then why not on that side of the map too? Right? And uh, the desert – 
gets cold at night and it's like like pitch oh you're right there's no lights for miles in some places yeah can you and to get victims from like during war getting victims would have been so must have been so easy then for them right they would just go missing and you would assume like okay they died in the war right and they're like in the mountains it's like easy for you to like hide from the heat it makes so much sense now how did i never i guess if that's how they work Hmm. isn't that cool Um, yes yeah i had not even considered that what did i just watch oh oh did you ever watch the um that netflix show the um damn it i already forgot what it was called (laughs) why did i forget but I think he came from uh, somewhere over there. The uh, priest? Yes. He went overseas to do some kind of like a mission trip. Not a mission trip. What am I thinking? Whenever they go back to where Jesus was born. Yeah, I forgot what that trip is called. Pilgrimage. Pilgrimage. He did that at that specific place where Jesus was born. I'm so sorry. Everything has like slipped my mind. So I don't yeah. can't name the place. But it was in the desert. Mm-hmm. And there was like a sandstorm. So holy shit. It was called, oh my God, are you kidding me? <laughs> Why is it not popping up? I'm so confused. Midnight Mass. Jesus oh Christ. my God, I was going to say that, but I thought that was something else. Yeah, Midnight Mass. He came from uh, somewhere where there was a sandstorm. But anyways, holy shit, that just like all connected for me. When you started talking about vampires, creepy. There's a bunch of caves and stuff under the sand too. Yes. They all live under there probably. Interesting. Okay. So another report from Iraq has a witness describing himself as having been in the U.S. Army at the time of deployment in Baghdad. And on this evening, he found himself on an extra guard shift through the wee morning hours. He was relieved at around 4 a.m. and headed back to his room. And it was then when something very bizarre would creep up out of the night. I stopped dead in my tracks in front of me about 30 feet or so was a black and white cat. I don't know why, but the sight of it caused me to jump. And for some reason, I was just afraid. Not typical like, oh shit kind of fear, but more of like an overwhelming anxiety slash paranoia. The cat just sat there and didn't move, but looked directly at me. Then I noticed something a little odd. I have... A cat back in the States who's the absolute light of my life. A black cat with white paws, a white chest, and a little sliver of white running down the length of its face. This cat looked exactly like mine. Now, obviously I knew that it wasn't, but the sight of a familiar looking feline friend was enough for me to somewhat relax the jumpy feeling I had previously felt. I took about three steps forward, slung my rifle to my side and crouched down with one arm outstretched in an attempt to coax the cat to come over. My lips pursed to make a little... How the fuck do you make that noise? It's not... It's... Yeah, there it is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, To make that noise when I became completely paralyzed with fear. From my eye level standing... At about six feet to my eye level, crouching. Wait, what the fuck? 
from my eye level, looking, no, standing at about six feet to my eye level, crouching of about three feet, the animal I was seeing looked completely different, as if my visual perspective completely changed the appearance of the animal. Oh, so him standing upright, the cat looked different from whenever he crouched down. Ah. Okay. Uh, Like one of those optical illusion perspective-based art sculptures. What I was looking at no longer looked like a cat, but a large dog. Ew. A large dog-like animal crouched with its head lowered just inches off the ground. All rationality abandoned me at this point. All I could do was stare back at whatever it was. I couldn't make out much of a face, but only the only light source around me was from a street lamp about 50 meters behind me past the TV. Whatever that is. Mm-mm. Uh, what I was able to make out were its eyes, which I could see clearer than daylight, and they were human. Oh, no! That's not good. It is not good. I'm scared. Oh, no. He describes it. He says, look into a mirror and open your eyes as wide as you possibly can. That's pretty much what I was looking at. The whites? Like when you can see the whites of your eyes? Oh, It just stared at me, and I stared back. I... I'll tell you mm-hmm. now that I have never been more terrified in my entire life. I slowly stood back, half expecting whatever I was looking at to take on the appearance of a cat once again, but it didn't. The thing did move a fucking inch through this, did not move a fucking inch through this whole encounter. At this point, my weapon wasn't even enough to make me feel safe. I backed away slowly, and all the while keeping my eyes on what was in front of me. I had just about reached the gap in the T-wall again where the thing just disappeared. It didn't back away and vanish into the shadows. It just kind of steadily wasn't there anymore. But right before it vanished entirely, I heard what sounded like a low but somehow loud guttural growling noise that resonated off the T-walls surrounding the area with the rooms. Needless to say, as soon as I passed through the T-wall, I fucking bolted. I ran as fast as my legs legs could carry me with all my gear on to my team leader's room across the gravel road. I took a moment to calm myself down before entering his room. I slept on his floor that night, blaming it on the fact that we had to get up early and the alarm on my phone hadn't been working lately. I haven't seen anything since then, but every other night or so when I'm by myself, I'll get that same horribly overwhelming sense of anxiety slash paranoia that I got when I first saw the thing. that yeah what the hell it like morphed yeah another story from a soldier deployed in the middle east comes from a soldier he says that he was out on patrol on a patrol mission in a bleak desert environment environment in an unspecified location when they saw what appeared to be a pack of hyenas roaming about the wilderness This was already unnerving enough as it is, but what made it even odder was that amongst the yipping, growling pack seemed to be a dark, humanoid figure with glowing eyes. The witness said, I had no idea that there were even hyenas out in those parts, and here's a whole pack of them just sort of scampering about. We sort of figured we'd scare them off with some shots, and then one of the guys said something like, what the hell is that? and pointed out what looked like a dark figure, like a man walking with them. 
the hyenas seem to be cavorting about him like pets and it was surreal as fuck then we see that it seems that whoever it is has glowing eyes and you can see them sort of glistening in the night oof ew about now we're all pretty creeped out and our weapons are up and drawn one of the guys calls out to this dude and tells him to halt At first, he just sort of ignored us, but when we called out again, the guy froze and those goddamn hyenas did as well. They all just sat there in the scrub looking at us in the scrub. Mm -hmm. Then, and I shit you not, the figure, the human figure just sort of, I don't even know how to describe it. He just sort of hunched over and then he's a fucking hyena too. Duh! Me and I would come out of my skin. Dude. I courage a cowardly dog. I would scream and my skeleton would come out. <laughs> my eyes would be shooting out of my head. Dude, for real. That shit is terrifying. Oh, my God. <laughs> I could just feel all the fucking hair in my arms. Ew. Me and the other guys just sort of noped it. Uh, noped it out. What the fuck? Me and the other guys just sort of noped it out of there after that. There we go. I don't know why my brain was like <laughs> having a stroke. <laughs> so there are actually some regions of the Middle East and surrounding regions, and North Africa actually does have folklore tied to such creatures, so-called were hyenas. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about them later, but... In, but I will say in Arab folklore, the were hyenas were known as the kaftar and said to be vampiric in nature, feeding off the blood of the living, especially that of children. Mm. So, uh, a commenter. So now that we've shifted into these cryptid animals, a commenter on Reddit tells of a weird account of Middle Eastern shapeshifters. They said, so basically when I was a kid, there was an old folk tale that many people kind of believed, but didn't, but did, if you get my meaning. Mm -hmm. There were beautiful women, especially one in particular, that had the legs of a goat. And in some stories, a horse or some other creature. A colleague from work even claimed that his family was visited by one back in the 80s when he was eight or nine. Personally, I remember reading sometime back of a woman who encountered several people like this at a party who had these attributes. It seems that animal-human hybrids and sightings of them are still a thing, especially in Africa and here in the Middle East. Even globally, werewolves and vampires seem to be seem to exist outside of books and films. Mm. Oh, beautiful women with goat or... Uh, how do you have horse legs like <laughs> they're just maybe slightly larger than goat legs it's weird okay um okay so besides military encounters and shape-shifting entities there are also some creepy encounters of haunted places with strong paranormal forces 
Here we go. I'm going to try to say this. I honestly, all of these words that are in Arabic or the language, the other languages that are spoken in the Middle East, I am so sorry that I've mispronounced if I did or said it with a terrible accent. Either way. Um, okay. One such place is called Jazirat Al-Hamra. Which translates to Red Island and is a ghost town in the United Arab. Oh shit, that's the word that I wanted to look up. I will... Emirates. Yes, that's the word. Emirates. Emirates. That's I a think. good word. <laughs> okay, yes, is a ghost town in the United Arab Emirates, founded in the 14th century as a thriving fishing and pearl diving village only to later be mysteriously abandoned in 1968 for unknown reasons. There have long been accounts of paranormal activity there, and it's considered to be a haunt for the nefarious jinn of Arab. Mm-hmm. One commenter on the site, your ghost stories say, says he decided to go investigate these claims of ghostly activity and explain. We reached there by 2 a.m., most of my friends were spooked and unwilling to enter the village, but I convinced them to come along and told them that they could sit in the car while we explored the place. We were about 12 people in three cars, two SUVs and one sedan. We decided to leave the sedan outside near the main road in case the road is bad and the car gets stuck somewhere in the village. So we crammed into the two SUVs and entered the village. We found the very thing that we were looking for. I couldn't have mistaken the sheer negligence and the complete seclusion of the place. The crumbling walls of the once lived in homes, the narrow sandy alleys that meandered around the village. The walls of the derelict village were made up of shells and corals and sands were a particular red. It was very quiet except for the sea crashing against the shore. The village is a maze of narrow streets and narrow, narrower alleyways, covered in a thick layer of sand punctuated by mounds of rubble and prickly overgrown bushes. The place was truly very creepy. The, allo- the alleys were so narrow that when you look out of the car window, you're faced with the dark black interior of one of the abandoned houses. Mm-hmm. We reached the large clearing in the middle of the village where we decided to get out of the cars and snap some pictures of the old houses. We were entering houses together and taking pictures. It was funny to see how nobody wanted to be left alone. Even the ones that didn't want to get out of the car came because they didn't want to be left alone in the car. Few of my friends decided to get their picture taken in front of the old fort. The picture was a digicam and when... Oh, the camera was a digicam, and when she clicked the picture, she showed us that there was what seemed like a shadow holding my friend around his waist with the head of my... Wait, with the head on my friend's chest. Mm, It's a gin. Huh? It's a gin. We were freaked and tried to click a few more pictures of the same scene, trying to get that image to show up. Well, nothing came up in the other pictures. There were no lights or lamps in the village, and the only light that came was from the moon and the camera flash, so we didn't know what to make of the picture. Bitch, why do you not have flashlights? Eee. Anyways, we continued to explore the houses around the village. 
The atmosphere around that place was most unwelcoming. While exploring, we came up to a house which we entered in each and each. <laughs> okay, I think there's a typo here. We okay. Um, while exploring, we came up to a house which we entered in each of my okay no and five of my friends and myself had the same reaction what the fuck doesn't make sense okay well we felt like we were punched in the gut and had the urge to throw up i guess okay we entered each okay i don't know okay all of us felt like we needed to be punched, that we were punched in the gut. That's yes. how they should have worded it. <laughs> okay. Wow, that was really fucking my brain up. It's like a maze to get to the, <laughs> the statement. <laughs> we ran out of the place as we could see shadows emerging from nowhere and thought that this was enough for ghost hunting of ghost hunting for the day. <laughs> we got in the car and everyone was still complaining about having the worst stomach ache ever. We raced out of the village and came upon the main road where, when we started feeling a bit better, we drove away thinking that was one of the experiences that we would not forget easily. They walked in and they were like, okay, that's enough. And then they walked back out. Dude, for real. Fuck. Gins are like poltergeists, but like maximize like all the way to the they don't care if you see them they don't care if you follow them like mm-hmm. i i've been watching videos of this guy who goes um to specific locations where there are gins and he gets a bunch of crazy stuff on camera dude we've seen Terrifying. a bunch on that show paranormal caught on camera mm-hmm. and they are fucking terrifying i was actually gonna send oh. you some but now i'm glad that you said that because you, you probably already seen the ones i was gonna send you oh are you talking about the ones where he's like bismillah bismillah you know what i'm talking about i don't remember if he he it's a guy who like chase he literally will chase the shadows like and but he'll be praying out loud the whole time he's terrified he's like shaking but he's like following it he, oh it scares me i think it <gasps> might be the same but okay so what you're saying is it like black yes it looks like shadow people it really does, yeah. Okay, but it's yes. quick and it knocks yes. shit down like cabinets yeah. and fucking mattresses and stuff. Like, yeah. whoa, strong. I'm if it's faked, like, you... whoa. <laughs> or I'm not going to send it to you. I'm going to screen record so we can put it on Me. our Instagram for people. Good idea. Yeah, because it is actually pretty scary. Like, it's yeah. it's what people would hope to find in any haunted house, but usually stuff doesn't happen in haunted houses. But if there's a gin there, you're going to find something. Absolutely. They will come seek you out. For real, I'm gonna. I'm gonna you're gonna be able to see it on Instagram. Yay! Okay, so there's also a very haunted house in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. I think it's Jeddah. Uh, the house itself is run down, filthy, and easily passed by as it sits with other dwellings that look just like it. At first glance, it seems to just be a graffiti-covered hovel, but accounts of locals. Of locals there say that a sinister force resides within. Arab News says about the house. Taxi drivers won't go near it. It acts as a magnet for the Shabab who are drawn to its scarred and graffiti covered walls, but almost invariably stop short of crossing the threshold. Well known among 
Jeddah's most haunted house has become a legend in its own lifetime. To date, the story goes, 16 people have entered the depths of this decaying pile, never to be seen again. The derelict house stands 100 meters or so from the seafront on the Sorth... Sorth. (laughs) (laughs) On the North Cornish. Cornish? Cornish? (laughs) I can't. The braver members of the Street Cruising Society oh my god have what? Oh (laughs) I'm really trying to hold it together. I swear I just can't. I have tears. Talking about how it's fucked up like graffiti filled eagle. Yes, I know. Jesus. As it deteriorates into its component parts, like what? So the mystery and myth surrounding it increases in inverse proportion. Like what? <laughs> okay, Arab They need news. to write a book. Yeah, they know how to set a setting. <laughs> Certainly just to look at it, even in the daylight produces an involuntary shudder. Crows flap untidily around the crumbling upper works like black rags tossed in the wind. Going through the rusting gates is to walk into a thick silence as the dull roar of the Cornish traffic fades into silence. The eyeless window sockets of the house, once full of warmth and bustle, stare lifelessly at the derelict garden. She is an old lady now, ignored in her decline, but still standing proud through damage Though damaged by by the vicissitudes of maltreatment by man and nature. I don't even know if that word was right. She still retains some of her former magnificence. Oh, man. Hold on. Okay. The Italianite Tile and plaster facade where it still exists towers over the remains of wrought iron railing that edge the marbled front patio. Ornate ironwork, raw shans decorated with diamonds of blue and white translucent glass, once fixed over the main windows, lie buckled and rusting like iron lacework on a bed of windblown rubbish. Slowly sinking into a sea of creepers. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that was a whole mm-hmm. ass elaborate. My mouth poetry can't. I mean, it was nice, but I just fucked it all up. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it would have been very elegantly said by somebody else that could actually fucking read. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um. Okay, so there is a haunted villa in the United Arab, what'd you say it was? Emirates? Emirates. Mm -hmm. Where a witness on Your Ghost Stories had just brought a one-bedroom flat at a place called Sharjan on the outskirts of Dubai. After a few days of living at the villa without incident, things would slowly creep into the realm of strange when the witness said... Me and my wife used to sleep in one bedroom and the child on the other. It was on Friday night when this first incident took place. Me and my wife heard loud screams 
of our children, excuse me, and they had barged into our room terrified and weeping profusely, sweating profusely. They were so terrified that it looked almost, that it took almost half an hour to calm them down. What is happening? When asked, the children told us that they saw some shadow on the wall, which was seen hanging from a ceiling fan and moving like a pendulum. Nope. Mm -mm. Uh, We just shrugged it off saying it must have been a bad dream, but the children were reluctant to go and insisted on sleeping in our bedroom. The same day, both the children were struck with high fever and it lasted for a week. No. Mm -hmm. The second incident was at the swimming pool when we were having a night swim in the sweltering summer heat. I was sipping my beer and watching the children play with my wife. Suddenly, my wife screamed at the top of her voice. The children were also equally terrified. I immediately rushed to check what's wrong, and my wife was in a complete state of shock in an unconscious state. After Mm -hmm. some time, when she regained consciousness, my wife told me that she felt two hands grab her legs and tried to pull her in the deeper section of the pool. No. This was amplified when I saw the imprints of five large fingers over her calf muscle on both legs. Things were just getting out of hand, and we finally decided to call a priest to do some, to do some purification. The moment the priest entered the house, we could sense that the house had a spirit which died of unnatural causes. He could sense, not we. He recited some spells and sprinkled some holy water, and things seemed to come back to normal which was only a temporary phenomenon. It spells. Interesting. Hmm. One night when we were sleeping, we could hear an elderly couple quarrel in Arabic, which was coming from my children's bedroom. The children were fast asleep, and I asked my wife not to leave the children alone and went myself to see what was happening. I opened the door slowly and was shocked to find no one in the room, but the quarrel was getting louder and uglier. Me and my mm-hmm. wife with the children rushed out in the middle of the night and we and as we rushed out, we both could hear a very loud woman scream. And after that, there was pin drop silence. We spent until dawn in my four by four SUV. <laughs> we approached the owner and after too much of argument, he told us that he had leased the house to a couple who were spending who were spending quite a few years. Hmm. Uh, They used to indulge in frequent quarrels due to financial issues. And one fine day, the man murdered his pregnant wife and killed himself by hanging from a ceiling fan. (gasps) Oh, ew. We immediately vacated the place and took a house elsewhere as to avoid uh, further incidences. No wonder the owner was giving giving it at a dirt cheap rate. That is dark. Yeah, that's fucked up. The ceiling fan thing is freaking me out. Yeah, holy shit. Dude, this Red Bull fucked me up. My eyes are like... (laughs) (laughs) They're trembling. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's good. You can read at the speed of light. Uh, I'm reading so fast (laughs) that it won't come out. My my mouth can't keep up. (laughs) Uh, Other haunted places in the Middle East are the Grand Alley, I think it's Alley, Hotel in Lebanon. The hotel was supposed has supposedly been built between 1922 and 1925, but during the Lebanon Civil War in 1975 to 1990, 
it was deserted. Armed religious groups occupied it. Armed religious groups. That hopefully will never happen here. Oh, why would you <laughs> say that? We're on. It's funny how like Americans early on talk so much shit about that area, but they seem close. to have a lot of things in common. Yeah. <laughs> Belief yeah. systems. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Armed religious groups occupied it, and stories of kidnappings, torture, and murder, and death were the daily news in those times. All these stories were connected to this hotel where armed men would kidnap people, torture them, and then murder them inside. The owners tried renovating it after the war, but that didn't work out as they thought it would. People were reported hearing voices and strange sounds in there, so it was closed down for good. Mm. And there's a picture that I saw of it, and it looks fucking creepy. Mm. Uh, the mythical wall of Bala, which is an omen. Omen? Omen. I don't know. That's a country in the Middle East. Uh, this desert oasis on the Arabian Peninsula is said to be home to jinn or genies who live in the palm groves and empty stone houses in the city center. Mm -hmm. legend has it that one of these spirits built a city wall in one night and whenever they try to renovate it it's said to fall down in other areas and the fort is currently closed for renovations <laughs> okay then there is a building in Egypt called the building of Alexandria aka Rashti building did I say India? Did you? I thought you said Egypt. Did okay, you say good. Egypt? I don't remember. I don't know. I thought I said Egypt. <laughs> but, um, or I thought I said India. What the fuck? It is Egypt. <laughs> uh, it is said that this building was cursed during construction since it had been built over the Holy Quran and that it is why supernatural happenings occur there. How the fuck was it built over the Quran? Like, I thought the Quran was a book. Well, maybe the original template. But it's... An was it done in stone? I don't know. I feel like I need to talk to a historian. Yeah. If only we had a historian on call. <laughs> and then I feel like it would take, like, an hour for them to explain. Right. Um, okay, but either way. So it is also said that there was once a cop that had been... That had been burnt in the building while he was attempting to prove to the surrounding residents that nothing resided in the building. Nobody yeah. really knows the true story about it, but all they know is that dis disembodied screams can be heard from it inside at night. It's all I need to know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> also in Egypt, there is Giza's burning house. So there's... A house that catches on fire during Arabic months. Like, I guess whenever it's like holy months. Mm. No one knows how the fires start. However, there's a reason to suspect as to why it happens. It turns out that the there's people that live in this house. The owner's daughter is able to communicate with the dead and pretty much talks to them 24-7. Apparently, the spirits warn her ahead of time before a fire actually happens that way, no one is harmed in the process. Like, what? Why? Why would they not think she's starting it? 
that's what I was going to say next. Like we always come back to that thing. We've talked about it before where now she could be blamed. Like she's a witch. She's yeah. causing fires. Yeah. Instead I'm of just warning you. <laughs> okay. So now to end the episode, I want to talk about the mythical creatures or cryptids from the Middle East. Some of which I've already touched on earlier in the episode, but I'm going to go a little bit more into detail about some of them. So the jinn, of course, known as genies in English, the jinn are one of the most well-known creatures from the region, and it has roots in several cultures throughout the Middle East. Created from fire, they're usually invisible to the human eye unless they want you to see them. Then they can take on any form they choose, animal or human, and can be of any size. According to legend, there are many of them. While they live in a different plane of existence separated from ours, they sometimes cross over. Some are harmful while others are friendly. The belief in the creature's existence in the Arab region has been around for over a thousand years, with pre-Islamic literature mentioning the beings. At the time, people used to associate the term with all kinds of supernatural beings, but over time that changed to pertain to the specific creature that we know of today. The West heard of them thanks to the tales in 1001 Nights. Or the, what is it? Uh, Arabian Nights? Arabian Nights. The next uh, cryptid is the Kareen. And that is a personal jinn that exists opposite of you in the parallel jinn realm. Ooh. In a sense, it's like an immaterial demon that sits on your shoulder and encourages you to sin and do wrong. Be naughty. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Emperor's New Groove. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, That's funny. Reason number two. Look what I could do. <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? Oh, no. He makes a good point. <laughs> So good. Okay. He's going to take you down the path of righteousness. Righteousness. And I'm going to take you down the path of rocks. Rocks. Yep. Oh, yep. That's exactly it. Ah, hilarious. <clears throat> um, the next creature is the Falak. This creature mm -hmm. is rumored to inhabit the underworld and will come out when the world ends. It looks like a snake, but like a big one. Ew. And his job is to torture sinners after the world ends. Great. A lot of these creatures that I'm going to mention are in are from the Arabian Nights book books. Mm. Excuse me. Um. Okay. The next one is the. I'm probably saying these wrong too. I didn't look up every single one of them. Um. <clears throat> I didn't look up how to say every single one. Uh. The Nasnas, the Nasnas, uh, <laughs> it has the form of a, of a man divided down the middle with one half completely missing and has the tail of a lamb. Ew. Yeah. And it originated in Yemen and it's supposed to, oh fuck, I thought I wrote the rest of that down. It's supposed to, like, if if it touches you, you melt. Like, you literally melt. 
But I don't remember why it comes out. I don't remember what makes it come out. But yeah, you're not supposed to let it touch you because then you you literally disintegrate. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Um, the next is the ghouls, which I did mention earlier whenever we were first talking about those shadow things or the things that people are seeing. That's what a lot of them, besides being vampires that mm-hmm. some people think they are, a lot of people think they're ghouls. Mm-hmm. So in ancient Arabian folklore, the ghoul, which in Arabic means demon if you spell it differently than what you're thinking like Mm. it dwells in burial grounds and other uninhabited places the ghoul is a fiendish type of jinn believed to be sired by iblis and that is a devil-like figure in the quran and as or in quran and islamic tradition a ghoul is also a desert-dwelling, shape-shifting, evil demon that can assume the guise of an animal or human. It lures unwary people into the desert desert wastes or abandoned places to slay and devour them. The creature also preys on young children, drinks blood, steals coins, and eats the dead, then taking the form of a person most recently eaten. Mm. Holy shit. In the show Supernatural, they do this and they do the gin too Mm. Um, in the Arabic language the female form is given as gule and the plural is gilan (laughs) (laughs) Maxwell (laughs) I really like that name though so that's terrible Um, in colloquial uh, this word always Mm. I can't you got it. You did it. I say it in my brain, but I can't say it. Like, my mouth doesn't let the word. Colloquial. 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 <laughs> colloquial. Say it three times. Colloquial Arabic. I know what the word is, okay? The yes. term is sometimes used to describe a greedy or gluttonous individual. Ghouls who are well-fed on human flesh are indistinguishable from normal humans. The longer a ghoul goes without feeding, the less human it looks. A ghoul in the later stages of starvation will be extremely thin and pale, with veins clearly visible through the skin, and will have long claw-like nails. Ghouls have the ability to take on the abilities and appearance of any person whose body they've eaten. Some ancient stories claim that ghouls can also turn into jackals, hyenas, or other animals, but so far the ghoul's ability to take on animal form remains unverified. Ghouls also tend to be slightly stronger than humans. Only slightly, thank goodness. <laughs> I could take one. <laughs> <laughs> take on a weak one. Uh, hopefully. <clears throat> okay, so the next one is the Efrit. Mm-hmm. Uh, intelligent and cunning, the Efrit are thought to live in complex societies similar to those of humans. They are said to prefer caves and underground dwellings. Though ostensibly demonic, is that the word? Ostensibly. Uh-huh. Yeah. They are portrayed as being able to change and or capable of becoming pious and good. What? They are. What it doesn't the- say what they look like, though. I guess I should have looked a little bit more into that one. Damn it. I got real excited about the next one, though, so that's why. Ooh. Which is the were hyena, which I learned to talk about. Yes. Oh, goodness. Uh, a mythical creature from North Africa and the Levant. Uh, 
Levant. Were hyenas aren't that different from werewolves. However, unlike werewolves, they don't need a full moon to transform. Some of them are originally hyenas that transform into humans, not the other way around. What? These mm-hmm. bloodthirsty creatures look for unsuspecting victims whom they mesmerize with their eyes, paralyzing them. They unfortunately also hunt for children as easy prey, but that doesn't stop them from looking for vulnerable adults. The legend of the were hyena spans a large area, including several African cultures as well. Some of them believe that the creature had vampiric quality. Yes, we've already talked about that. In Somalia, it's believed that a man can transform into this creature by rubbing a magic stick onto their body. (laughs) In the Lake Chad Chad region, there are claims that villages were entirely populated by were-hyenas. So are you team were-hyena or team werewolf? Were-hyena sounds pretty cool. It does sound pretty gnarly, doesn't it? Yeah. I do like that. Though hyenas scare the shit out of me. Have you seen <laughs> I I think they're so cute, but they scare me. <laughs> um have you seen I think it's the Exorcist the beginning? No. I think it's that one. It's supposed to be like how where the demon originated or whatever, right? Oh yeah. And uh it's in Africa and there's a scene where these two kids are at a well getting water. And hyenas jump out from the well and they eat them. No. And I legit was fucking scarred for life. Yeah, because that sounds horrific. Yeah, it was fucking terrifying. And it was like supposed to be demonic hyenas. Like it wasn't. Oh. Yeah. Then yeah. So yeah, it was really scary. Um, But. Savage. And then I, when I saw um, Birds of Prey, the Harley Quinn movie. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Her fucking pet hyena. Dude, I was like, holy shit. I love that. Mm-hmm. So I think I might be team wear hyena. Yay. So the next one is Al-Angja. That is probably extremely wrong. I'm so sorry. But... This creature has nothing to do with demons, but it's also supernatural. It's still supernatural. It looks like a giant bird and can fly away with anything that it can carry from animals to humans. Mm. And the name in Arabic means the one with the long neck, which creature or this creature was mentioned in Arab legends and books such as Marvels of Things Created and Miraculous Aspects of Things Existing. That's a cool title. Hmm. Yeah. The next one is, I think it's, I want to say it's Baphomet. I mean, not Baphomet. Behemoth. (laughs) But I'm not entirely sure because there's like several names for it. And I think this is Behemoth. Hmm. But what it says is Al-Bamat. So Arab legend describes this creature as a giant whale that carries the seven earths on its back. In other stories, it's described as an elephant or a seahorse. Mm. That's a very different seahorse or an elephant. Yeah, dude. <laughs> so I think it might actually be Behemoth, but um, which I love that band. So, Ooh. And the next one is... Al Rook, 
I think it's root. Hmm. And this is another giant bird, and it's also capable of carrying massive things as big as elephants and rhinoceroses. No. This, this, this mythical creature was also mentioned in 1001 Nights, which I already said was a bunch of the other ones too. So think of this as a huge eagle the size of a dragon and uh, an explorer described it as a mountain floating in the air. And some historians claim that the story seeped into Arabic culture from neighboring India, which had similar stories Two Indian epics mentioned the gigantic creature in their legends this may have captured the minds of Arab travelers in the region who brought it back with them. Hmm. But that's the end of that. Holy moly, that was good. Yeah, that good was variety cool. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted to throw in a bunch of different stuff, but I might do a part two because I want to kind of focus on Egypt. Yeah, got a bunch of really cool shit too. I'm sure. Oh my gosh, yeah, you've um, tapped into a part of like creepy stuff that I don't hear a lot about. Yes, and that is what I wanted to do. That was I want to do stuff that I haven't really heard about, even though I know that I'll probably fuck up the name. Like, oh my god, there's a bunch of like Swedish and like, um, mm. like what the fuck is that all up there? Like. Norway and stuff they have a bunch mm-hmm. of really cool stuff but I cannot for the life of me say half of the names and I don't want to fuck them up so I have to learn this <laughs> yay well that is very cool to look forward to um yeah this one was a really good episode I it's so interesting because like I said we'd never really talked discussed this or heard about it I'd never heard about any of these so you've expanded our horizons beyond our regions. Yes. Very cool. Well, that does it for that. Um, cryptids and all included. And on the Instagram, you will find a video of a gin hunter. So that'll be cool to share with you all as well. Um Well, that about does it for this week, guys. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you join us again next Friday. Um, I'll be going ahead and doing part two of my Jennifer's Body little segment, so that'll be cool. And uh, don't forget to give us a follow over on Instagram, Twitter, and now TikTok. Leave us a review wherever you're allowed to. We would appreciate it. And don't forget to tell your family and friends that we're always looking for cool stories to send to our DMs so that we can share them on here with our audience. So yeah, thank you guys so much. We love having your support. So did we give you the creeps?